we are going to kick it off our very first ever Newcom Youth Series. Very first ever Newcom Youth Series. Very excited. If you notice, uh, this is our vision series. So what we're doing over the next two weeks is we're taking a little bit of time and we're talking about who we are as a community, what we believe, what we care about, what's important to us, and it's going to be a great couple weeks together. So I want to start today with a question. You don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. Just think about it yourself. How many of you have ever felt like you don't belong? How many of you have ever felt like you don't belong? If you'd like to raise your hand, you can raise your hand. I know I have felt that before. Maybe there are places you can't go, sports you can't play, bathrooms you can't use, relationships you can't be in, opportunities that maybe you don't have, desires that you can't feel, classes maybe that you can't pass, or a friend group that maybe you just can't be a part of for any reason. It happens to a lot of us, but especially for you as middle and high schoolers. And that feeling of not belonging and not being able to be yourself is exactly what a cook named Remy felt when he was in the kitchen. How many of you have ever seen Ratatouille? Super good. Top three, in my opinion, Disney Pixar movies is the movie Ratatouille. But throughout the movie, we watch this rat named Remy try to figure out who he really is and how he can pursue his passion of cooking. Because Remy, in the movie, loves to cook. He loves being in the kitchen. He loves creating food and experimenting with flavors and expressing himself through culinary art. Plus, he's really good at cooking. Later, 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 later. But because Remy is a rat, he finds out very quickly that nobody thinks he belongs in the kitchen, right? He's a rat, everyone says. Rats don't belong in the kitchen. They're dangerous. They could carry disease. And it's just not natural for a rat to be in the kitchen. And shortly after discovering how unsafe the real world is for this rat, Remy meets a friend. Anybody remember his main friend's name? Linguini. Linguini, right? And together, Remy and Linguini go on this journey of discovering who they are individually, and they go on a journey of discovering how they can help each other pursue their dreams. So it's this really fun story of breaking rules and overcoming obstacles and a couple of really close friends finding out who they really are. And just like the characters in Ratatouille, all of us are on a journey of discovering who we are and what it means to be us. And we, like I said, are starting this two-week series looking at the vision of Newcom Youth. So what we want to do over the next two weeks is let you know if you're going to be a part of this, if you're going to spend your time coming on Tuesday nights and devoting energy and time and relationship to this place, what are you signing up for? Who are we? What are we doing? What's important to us? That's what we want to cover over the next couple weeks weeks. So today we are going to look at our vision statement at Newcom Youth. Does anybody know what it is already without me putting it on the screen? What's our vision statement? Theron, you raise your hand. Anybody know what it is? Help the community. Good guess. Anybody else? Newcom Youth. 
Close. Very. Those are our values at New Community. Very good guess. Anybody else? Newcom youth. You don't actually know. Okay. I'm going to let you all in on the vision statement. It's a very long and complicated statement. Oh. No. This is just for youth. This isn't for like New Community as a church. Here's our big vision statement. Newcom youth. Be you. Now, you may be thinking, okay, what does that mean? Why am I coming here? What does that mean? Be you. Well, those two words sum up everything that we're going after here at Newcom Youth. We want to help you as middle school and high schoolers become everything that you are. We want to help you become exactly what you want to be in the world. And you know this, but people are complicated. There are emotions and feelings and desires and passions and orientations and identities and families and experiences that shape us. And all of these play a part in who you are becoming, how you identify, what you love in the world, what you're experiencing in the world around you. And we are on a journey here at Newcom Youth of helping you be you. What does it mean to be you? Not simply, what do your teachers want you to be, or what do your parents want you to be, or what your siblings want you to be, or what other people expect you to be. We want to help you understand who you are, and then additionally, we want to help you understand what God says about you, who God says that you are. So we're going to spend all year exploring those two things, discovering who you say that you are, and secondly, who God says that you are. All right, everybody with me? Make sense? Okay, tonight, we are just going to look at the second one, which is what God says that we are. All right? So if you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 3. That's in the New Testament. If you need to look in the front of your Bible to find that, you can feel free to do so in the New Testament. It's Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. Again, feel free to turn into the table of contents to find that. Luke is a book in the Bible that we call a gospel, and that word basically is just like a documentary about the life of Jesus. So if you've ever seen a Netflix documentary or something at school maybe, that's exactly what a gospel is. It just goes around and lists stories about who Jesus was, how he lived his life, and shows us what it looks like for people to follow this way of Jesus. Now, tonight we're going to look at a really, really important story. Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. There it is up on the screen. Uh, If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. We're going to put the verses on the screen. But let's read it. Uh, I'm going to read it for us, and you can follow along in your Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. Luke chapter 3 says this, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Now, this is a really amazing story. Some people in the world think that this might be the most important story ever in the life of Jesus. But notice how the story starts. 
it says, when all the people were being baptized. The first thing that I want us to notice tonight is that what is happening to Jesus in this story is not special just for Jesus. This isn't something that's only happening to Jesus. It's something that was happening to a lot of people. I like to kind of picture this scene as the baptism of Jesus, and maybe there's a long line of people, and maybe they're waiting to score like some Beyonce tickets, or the new iPhone release, or a new sneaker release or something, and they're kind of like wrapped around the building, and everyone is waiting to be baptized by this person named John. Now imagine there's this huge line of people who are in line to get baptized. These people have heard about this new way of living and this new community that's happening in their city, and they are interested and captivated by this message, grace and love and forgiveness and justice and inclusion and peace in the world, and they just want to be a part of it. That really excites them, and they're like, hey, I want to be on board with this. So they line up to get baptized by this guy named John. When it's Jesus' turn, as soon as he gets baptized, we read that, quote, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. Now, I don't know if you've ever read this story before, but that seems like kind of a strange picture, right? The heavens opened and apparently the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. That's kind of a weird sentence. That's a bit of a strange picture. What comes to mind when you read that sentence? The Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. What comes to mind? Awesome. Love that. Darren, what do you got? What comes to mind? Okay. In the form of a dove, or is it like light, or is it smoke? Yours was a dove. It's flying in circles. Interesting. What else? Johnny. Amazing. I love that picture. That's a great one. Anybody else? What comes to mind when, that, when you hear that phrase? Well, after this, something incredible happens. Holy Spirit falls on Jesus, and then this loud voice from heaven says, again, this is my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Now, remember, this is at the very beginning of Jesus's ministry. So this is the very start of Jesus's ministry. Before Jesus did anything miraculous, before he healed people, before he casted out demons, before he did all of these incredible things, before he did anything that we would consider miraculous or uh, amazing or astounding or captivating, before he did any of that, God looks at him and says, you're my kid. I love you and I'm so excited and happy and pleased with everything that you are. Now, I wonder what it must have felt like to be Jesus in this moment, to have the God of the universe look down on you and say these words, you are my kid. I love you, and I'm so proud of everything that you are. Now, here's what's even more crazy about this statement. It would be Amazing enough if it just happened to Jesus, but God says the exact same thing to every single one of us. 2 Timothy 1 verse 14 says this, Holy Spirit lives in us, which means that you, person sitting in this room tonight, you are made in God's image. You 
are someone that the Holy Spirit lives in. And when God looks at you, God is proud of you. God is excited by you. God is overwhelmed with love for you because you're God's kid. Not because you do great things or because you say or think or believe the right things, but just because of who you are. You don't have to change anything. You don't have to become anything. You don't have to believe anything for God to feel this way about you. One scripture says this, absolutely nothing in all of creation can separate you from God's love. Not the good things that you do, not your parents or your family or the regrets that you have or something that's happened to you or maybe something that you've done. Not even angels or demons or anything else in all of creation can separate you from God's love. Because God is love and God only loves. God cannot help but be overjoyed and proud and excited and thankful for you. Your gifts, your passions, your abilities, your sexuality, your body, your thoughts, your dreams, all of them are beautiful and wonderful and meaningful, and God is proud of you. See, Jesus knew this, but it didn't just happen overnight, right? Jesus went on his own journey of discovering what it meant to be Jesus. If you've ever read through the story of Jesus, you know that when he was a teenager, Jesus was actually in the temple, which was kind of the church of his day. Jesus was going on Sunday and asking questions and learning more about God and the scripture. And Jesus was engaging in this idea of becoming who Jesus was. So it's crazy to think that Jesus went on the very same journey that you're on, discovering who you are, discovering what's important to you, discovering how God has wired you to be in the world. And you are on this exciting and challenging and difficult and incredible dis- journey of discovering what it means to be you. What does it mean to be you? What's important to you? What do you love in the world? What makes you different or unique or special? All of those things are wrapped up in this idea that God loves you, and has made you so intentionally. You are beginning to discover what it means uh, to be someone in the world. What do you love? Who do you love? What's your personality? What does it mean to be you? That's prophetic. That is prophetic. I love that. Let's give it over David right now, just out of the mouth of babes right now. Holy Spirit in this place. Now, we are going to have such an incredible year together. We're going to have parties and youth nights and trips and activities and events and hangouts and meals and nights of justice. And we're going to write letters to incarcerated people. And we're going to celebrate Pride Month. And we're going to go to protests. And we're going to do so much over the next 12 months together. In all of that, Our desire is to create a space and a community and environment where you can learn what it means to be you. What are you passionate about? What excites you? What do you feel God calling you to in the world? So whatever you look like, whoever you are, whatever your sexual orientation or gender identity, whatever your family is like, 
whatever questions you have, whatever your experience, and whoever you are, Newcom Youth, Youth is a place to be you. It's a place where you can bring all that you are with your questions and your doubts and you feeling bored about things and you frustrated with parents or school or classes or the pressures and anxieties that you feel. You can bring all of those to the table here at Newcom Youth. So whenever you feel like you don't belong and you have questions about are there places you can't go or sports you can't play or relationships you can't be in, I want you to remember that God sees you, God loves you, God is proud of you, God affirms you, and God celebrates how incredible you actually are. And I also want you to remember that Newcom Youth is a place to be you. <laughs>